You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hello, America, and happy Monday. And the Monday before, one of the most historic days in election politics. Obviously, tomorrow in Manhattan, President Trump, former President Donald J. Trump, will be arraigned on criminal charges, something that's never before happened in our nation. We're going to have stand-to-stand coverage starting tonight with our TV show all the way through tomorrow and into Wednesday until the full consequences, what's in the indictment, what is happening in the courtroom, what happens in the booking process until we have every answer. We'll have that covered for you on justthenews.com. And of course, tomorrow we'll have it on the show here as well, live. Now, today we've got a great show for you, starting off with the former acting secretary of the Veterans Administration, Peter O'Rourke. He has been a champion of veterans long before he became acting secretary. And even though he's left the administration a long time ago, he continues to fight for veterans rights. And he had a extraordinary piece over the weekend, an op-ed designed to highlight something that's going on at the VA to keep VA workers who let our veterans down from being disciplined, from being held accountable, from having to answer for their behavior or to remove people who don't belong in the jobs that they belong in. He highlighted that. It's a great piece. I read it. I wanted to get him on today because it's another example of how the permanent bureaucracy protects itself in government, seeks to escape accountability. We'll have that. He also has a few things to say about this Chinese spy balloon and all the intelligence that we're now learning that balloon may have actually obtained in its path across the United States as it was traversing our country and Joe Biden didn't take it down until it got to the East Coast and into the water. Pretty important stuff all around on that front. And so we'll keep you posted on that. It'll be a good first opening interview. We'll have Peter here in just a second. Then in the second half, we have a brand new reporter joining Just the News. He is Addison Smith. He was an anchor at One America News. He's going to cover energy for us. Everything in the our economy depends on energy. Inflation is driven by energy prices. Addison's going to be the leading edge of our stories. And he's got an amazing thing he discovered that come August 1st, the Biden administration is going to keep you from buying incandescent light bulbs. That's a big deal. You'll have to buy more expensive 
LED bulbs. And again, I'm not against LED bulbs. It's just that it's taking away one of our choices in the marketplace. And Addison's going to bring us up to speed on that. So we got a great show today. Two things you probably didn't know about. VA bureaucrats trying to escape accountability and uh, the Biden administration trying to take away your light bulbs on top of that gas stove that they might be taking. We've got all of that in the show ahead. So we'll have a quick commercial break here from our sponsors. When we get back, we'll start off our day with a great conversation with former VA Secretary Peter O'Rourke right after this. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. There is so much of this country still needs to do to make sure we take good care of the veterans who served us so well, who kept us free for all of these generations of our great country's history. And one person who's on the front lines of fighting for veterans and making sure that the VIA doesn't go off the uh, tracks, as it has in the past sometimes, is the former acting secretary of Veterans Administration, Peter O'Rourke. And he joins us right now. Secretary O'Rourke, great to have you on the show again. Good morning, John. Thank you for having me. 
Great honor to have you. You had a wonderful column the other day that really caught my attention. Stop Veterans Affairs from setting itself up to fail. This is a recurring theme over the last couple of decades with the VA, but you're seeing some pretty significant red flags, I should say, maybe in red lights, red flags here. Tell us a little bit about what this column is and why you're concerned about it. Sure, John. Thank you so much. You know, we we do get used to, uh, unfortunately, the VA um, either making decisions or getting in the news in ways that we shake our heads and go, you know, what's going on there? And most folks don't have the time uh, to really dig into the issue and, and try to understand how did we get from just a common understanding, I think, amongst all Americans that we honor our veterans, we want to take care of them, to what we see from either performance or decisions being made at the Department of Veterans Affairs that we just that just confound us. And so when I saw uh, last Friday the VA uh, make a decision that made me just shake my head, I, I realized that, that we really need to speak out about it. There's been other issues here recently uh, where the VA has been doing things that, that we don't understand, but this one particularly uh, really just confounds me in a way that, uh, that really wanted me to speak out. So if we go back in history just a little bit, we, we know it from 2014, we had significant issues with accountability, both on the performance side and for misconduct. I think Phoenix was ground zero of that one, right? It, it really was. And, and what I saw with this decision was us going back to those same kind of decisions. And so that's the purpose of the title was, you know, let's not, we're setting ourselves up to fail again if, if we haven't you know, failed already. Uh, and that was just something we, we, we knew we need to speak out on. So there is a history of failure in the VA, which, you know, in any big organization that happens, the problem has been traditionally holding those to account or terminating those who really disserve the veterans community, who disserve the taxpayer, disserve the American government. Why is the bureaucracy so recalcitrant to accountability? You would think, hey, we want to get better, just like, you know, Super Bowl team wants to get better, you know, a, a football team trying to get the Super Bowl. They want to get better. The VA seems to always want to go back and protect failure and incompetence. What's the the mindset there that keeps causing that to happen? You know, John, I, I don't know what goes on in the minds of, of individuals at the VA, because I do believe, especially on our healthcare side, that, that the frontline doctors and nurses, the people that interact with veterans, do, do care about them. Um, that, that's not something that uh, I think we, we challenge in a way. But when you get a bureaucracy the size of VA together, then it, it goes the way we, we see bureaucracies go. And, and with over 400,000 employees, we, we know that there's a challenge there, both from the management side, but also in, in just kind of keeping uh, us focused on, on what's best for the veteran. And, and that's the nature, I think, of bureaucracies. And, and I've called for this in the past of any decision that, that's made at the VA should be made from a veteran's perspective, not, not the organization's perspective. But in this case specifically, you know, we, we have some history with accountability at the VA. Um, back in 2014, like we said, we, we had a bill passed uh, out of the House, and, and then it was it was supported bipartisanly to to change the way uh, a few things were done at the VA, but specifically accountability. And that was almost immediately uh, attacked, uh, both in the courts uh, and internally, led to uh, the, the Obama administration ultimately saying, you know, we give up. Uh, we're not going to defend our, ourselves against the court uh, court's decision to to strike down parts of that law. And it was and it was really, 
if I could, for just a second, I mean, it was really kind of interesting logic that it was applied that uh, specifically in the evidentiary standards for removing an employee, the court said, while the law says you can use a subst substantial level of evidence uh, internally, um, uh, uh, well, actually, it said that you can't do that internally, that you can only do that on appeal because that's what the law says, which doesn't make any sense. Basically, it says you have to use a higher evidentiary standard to take the action. Uh, but then if you get it on, if the employee tries to appeal it, then you can use the, the substantial evidence standard. Uh, it just, it, it turns it on its head. It was completely not what Congress intended, uh, but it was enough to get the Obama administration to say, okay, we, you know, we give up or we're not going to defend that. That was back in, in 2014 law. Uh, that decision was made in 2016. And then we fast forward to today where the Biden administration's basically saying the same thing. The courts have attacked the Accountability uh, and Whistleblower Protection Act, and we're not going to defend it anymore. Uh, and that's and that's a big disappointment. Now, when you were at the VA first as chief of staff and as acting secretary, you created, I think, a very important office, one that I think started to move the ball forward for whistleblowers, for those who saw wrongdoing and wanted to create accountability. It was called the VA Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection. Tell us why that was important then and how it's being utilized or not being utilized under the Biden administration. Yeah, Johnny, you know, it's, it's, it's I think, helpful here to, to see the timeline. Uh, that office, uh, and, and honestly, uh, I actually was the first executive director of that office, uh, was handed to me uh, by an, through an executive order that President Trump signed uh, early, uh, within a few months of, of taking the office, and directed us at VA to set this office up and to the full extent of the law. And, and if you remember, at that point, we didn't have the, uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs Accountability and Whistleblower Protection Act yet signed, but it was directing the, the, the secretary, uh, myself and others at VA to set that office up and to the fullest extent of the law, hold you know, VA employees accountable. Which we we did as much as we could. I mean, we you know we were building off of a, a sort of a, a confusing situation legally at the time. Um, we had some pretty significant whistleblower retaliation cases that were public in the news. So at the time, we just scrambled around to try to put pieces together to start the process of rebuilding both trust in our from our whistleblowers and uh, you know figuring out some way to hold people accountable, if nothing else, just to shine a light on it. Um, I know from my personal experience, we, we face almost immediate pushback uh, from, from very interesting uh, quarters as well. I mean, we knew that, that the media was going to be uh, pushing back against us, but it was also interesting from a whistleblower perspective where we had really great engagement with some and then others that uh, either didn't trust us, which I completely understood and, and could empathize with, but to... Uh, maybe some other agendas with others that uh, were really kind of confusing at the time. So then we got the Accountability Act signed uh, in June, and we started moving out with with a clear, I, I thought at the time, intent of what Congress uh, was doing with that law. It was the second attempt at accountability there. And so we set the office up, started moving out, uh, but very quickly uh, started hitting those headwinds once again, both internally and externally, uh, from folks that uh, were dead set against any changes, whether that was to the uh, civil service or to senior executives uh, or in any uh, stance. They, they wanted no progress done. 
but we forged ahead and, and we did it anyway. And, um, and then I moved on to being the chief and then to the acting secretary and was supporting those efforts then. As it relates to now, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure with these recent court decisions uh, in, the, in this administration what the office can do. I mean, you've got a very hard to work with evidentiary standards. You've got pretty much a complete reversal of a, of a streamlined process to get rid of folks doing misconduct. So at this point, you know, I think we're back again to where we were in those 2014 days where the organization has pretty much just frozen itself out from, from, from holding anybody accountable. I mean, there's the, the normal Title V process that we all know, frankly, we just say it doesn't work. It's, it's slow. And most managers, I think, inside the, the VA, it's just too hard to do. I mean, it's possible to, to fire employees, but the pro you spend your entire career trying to remove somebody for, for committing misconduct. And I don't believe that's why people go into the federal government in general. So they just say, look, it's too hard. I'll do the best I can with what I've got, which continually pushes down performance and pushes down really the service to veterans. And that's really what's key here is, you know, in other agencies, everything's important and taxpayer money should be spent wisely. But I think it's, it's, it, there's a special service that's done at the Department of Veterans Affairs that, that must be treated different. It must be treated as, as sacred and as, and as important as we do, uh, whether it's the intelligence agencies or other areas where we have different rules for the employees of those areas, just because of the nature of that, of that role. I, I think the department should be treated the same way, and that's what we called for in our, in our op-eds. Yeah, absolutely. Well, consistency, too, is it's, it's at the heart of our accountability system and to have all these exemptions and all of these efforts to gut the accountability standards for workers just sends a bad message. It just creates a culture where you don't fear doing something wrong and therefore you might actually do it. I think your column does such a good job of just catching the insanity of the effort to try to keep people from being held account when we when we want to. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We'll take a quick commercial break. More with Peter O'Rourke, our exclusive interview with the VA secretary right after this. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. 
Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. I'd like to pivot on you and turn to a national security issue. You do obviously a lot of important work every day in the national security realm. There's a lot of debate over the Chinese spy balloon, not only the fact that it was allowed to traverse the United States in its entirety before it was shot down, but also there's some suggestion that maybe the balloon captured more valuable data on the United States than the Biden administration has been willing to admit to. Can you give us a little sense of your take on the entire episode, but particularly now the debate over whether it was allowed to gather much better intelligence than what has been acknowledged? Well, John, I think it's it's apparent at this point that whether or not the, the, the current administration or even previous administrations admit to it, it's, it's not something that we we talk about a lot. But I think it's clear to the American people at this point that that we had a failure here. Uh, whether it's happened before in the past is, is irrelevant. It happened. We watched it all happen in real time. And it, it, it strains any kind of credibility to say that, that it was a non-threat or, or it was a, a non-issue. Uh, we know it was an issue because we shot it down. We know it's an issue because we know that China actively wants us to fail so I, I'm puzzled. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm, you don't speak to things going on in in the intelligence world and things like that. But it, but it puzzles me that we're we're willing just to say let's let's move on. No big deal here. Nothing to see. And where that really concerns me is that we hear that from not just political leaders. Okay, I, I get that. I guess in some sense, uh, I, I don't think it's helpful. But okay. But we're seeing this even from from some you know military leadership, and I think that's the part that that really, I mean that's that's what really worries me because that shows either an acceptance of or a, a lower level of competency for the jobs that we expect these folks to do. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the the the, uh, the reason is, but uh, regardless of of what it actually is at the end of the day, I think that uh, strong action needs to be taken to right the ship at, at the Department of Defense. Um, you know, somebody should have come out and said, this is unacceptable and, and I can't be here if this is the way we're gonna operate. But, but we don't see that anymore. We don't see the types of four-star generals that will resign in protest anymore. 
And, and I think that's, that's, a, that's disappointing. Um, I remember early on in my, in my military career having uh, generals uh, and, and, uh, and admirals in the, in the 90s resign in protest over what they thought was wrong. Now, you know, whether or not it was because they had done something wrong or they couldn't get political leadership to, to see it, whatever it was, it was an accountability action that was taken that, that sent the message. And I think that's lacking anymore. Uh, in uh, in our you know in the defense department and also in other areas of the government. Yeah, it is remarkable, and you're right. You know, the, we know from the military intelligence world, from the public intelligence, and from what you know, the PAC fleet and others have said, it's irrefutable that the Chinese threat is at its greatest level in history, and that they really are the number one superpower that we are competing against. And yet time and again, we seem to underplay the threats from it. It took the Democrats, particularly Joe Biden, two and a half, almost three years to stop claiming that President Trump's concerns about TikTok were xenophobia, when in fact, they were really rooted in what the Chinese were doing with the app and what, what our intelligence community knew. It seems like another similar situation here. China poses such an enormous threat to our future, but it seems as though the Democrats are often mixed in their messages in the last few years, particularly, they start one place, eventually they're shamed into another place, but it keeps us from having the sort of progress. Do you worry about that, the flip-flopping and the slow reaction time that China is gaining a lot quicker than we're able to defend ourselves in the long term? Well, John, I think I think the biggest difference between you know, the, the two issues is you know, China's very clear and very intent on what their goals are. Um, I guess in some way that that's you know, uh, impressive uh, that somebody, uh, especially a, a state actor, is that intent and that clear in what their mission is. And so to your point about the flip-flopping and the, the, you know, taking one position one day and another position the other, yes, we, we all know and assume the, the way the Chinese would interpret that. But even here, how, how we interpret that, um, you know, what's, what's somebody that just, you know, is, is trying to take care of their family or, or live their life think when, you know, they go and, and maybe catch some news and it's just kind of all over the place, you know, they, to some degree, depend on, on their government. That's what they pay for to, to uh, address these issues and provide clear and uh, understandable uh, positions on what's going on both globally, but also domestically. And so you pretty much just lead the people tuning out because what are they going to hear today? It's different from yesterday. Putting all this stuff together is, you know, takes a, a PhD that most folks are just you know, not going to spend the time to, to think through all those issues. So I think it's more just the apathy that it breeds here um, with folks. Because then when you go to talk to them about it, you know, you've got to basically educate folks to a, to a standard understanding of what's going on before you can really even have a substantive conversation about what needs to be done. Now, you know, politicians have been taking care taking advantage of that situation for a long time, and maybe that never changes. But at this point, it's becoming, I think, enough of a critical issue that, uh, you know, the, the, the elected leaders or the folks running for office that come out with clear direction of where they want to go, clear understanding of what the threats are, and lays it out to the American people in a way that they can understand and then remains consistent. You know, those folks are going to, I think, ultimately become the folks people you know, move toward uh, and support uh, to, to lead them. 
I mean, I just, I think it's going to become as simple as that. Yeah, uh, you got it exactly right. As you look out over the next few days, obviously the indictment of President Trump, the arraignment is going to create a lot of heartburn in America. Just big picture, as you look at the state of America, the state of some of these prosecutors in some of the blue cities, any concerns that you see in the imminent future? John, I think it's the the, the elasticity of what people will just put up with. Um, you know, the, the American people, American institutions, um, our economy is getting stretched to the limit. Um, what that ultimate limit is, you don't know until until those things break. But I, I, I just don't perceive how much more we can we can do uh, to uh, to under undermine our institutions, whether it's, you know, you know, DAs running around, you know, indicting people or not indicting people. You know, what, what's going on in, in the way uh, people expressing their frustration with whether it's their government or what their government's doing and, and how they're being treated or how they're being uh, pursued. You know, that that's really just feels like we're stretching to a point where at some point there's there's going to be a snapback. Now, hopefully that's a that's a, a change in, in political leadership and a, and a realigning of things to take that pressure off. That's. That's what's made America great is that it has the, the capacity and capability to do that. So I, I trust and I pray that that's what happens. But otherwise, you know, you look at these things going, just how much more are people going to take before there's a change? And, and we hope that change comes at the ballot box. We hope that change comes with leaders that step up and, and clearly, like I said, define what the, what the problems are, what the threats are, and then addresses them. Um, but other than barring that, then, you know, we continue to get into a more divided and, and more tense situation, whether we're, you know, in the halls of Congress or we're at the grocery store. And uh, it's, it's, that's the frustrating part. The battle lines are so clear, clearly drawn. I think the frustration continues to go up for people who remember the America we, we had not that long ago. You've created a very important group that I think keeps the veterans and their interest in the center of the policy debate every day. Veterans for America First Institute. What's the best way for people to follow the work you're doing and to stay connected to all the things you're doing to champion our veterans' interests? Sure, and I appreciate that. Yeah, they can go to uh, vets for the number four AmericaFirst.org. That's our website. Uh, we continue to build on uh, on that and and the you know the, the things that we work on. I've got a, a great team of folks there that that understand. Uh, not just the veterans uh, issue, but uh, national security issues and, and other things that we work toward. You know, we're independent. We we can focus on things uh, clearly and uh, and espouse the the ideas that we know are based on you know, the principles of freedom. And just like we talk about with veterans, something that's veteran centric, veteran first. Uh, whether it's you know we're talking about uh, Afghanistan or or other issues uh, globally or most importantly, what, what our veterans face here in the United States dealing with the VA or state VAs or, or whatever their challenges are. So that's our focus. Um, you know, once you get into uh, the, the veterans issue, um, you stay there because it's important. And so that's what we're all committed to doing.
Yeah, so important. Well, that's an easy one to stay in touch with. Your group does such a remarkable work and it has solutions all the time, much like that op-ed that you wrote this weekend. I think it's not only identifying the problem, but putting on the table the sort of solutions that policymakers can jump in. We need so much more of that. I know you do that every day in, in the role there. So I want to thank you for joining us, sir. I know we're going to get you back on soon, but I really appreciate the time we had today. I do too, John. I appreciate it. And thank you so much. Yeah. Great honor to have you on. All right. Hold on to your cell phone. Hold on to your AirPods. Oh, you know what? Hold on to your light bulbs. You know why? I'll explain right after the commercial message when Addison Smith, the newest Just the News reporter, joins us to talk about the Biden administration's efforts to get rid of incandescent light bulbs. Seems like a dim idea, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. We'll have that right after this commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Our next guest, you've probably seen him on television. He did a great job as an anchor at One American News Network, has done some great reporting and journalism all throughout his career. And he joins us now at Just the News as our energy policy reporter. We're really super excited to bring aboard Addison Smith. And he's got on his first day here, of course, a really good scoop about the Biden administration limiting your choices for light bulbs. I'm not making that up. Joining us right now, Addison Smith. Addison, great to have you on the show. John, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for letting me join. 
It is a great honor. Everybody's been worried about their gas stove, right? There's been a lot of talk about the Biden administration coming to outlaw your gas stove in your kitchen, but something more imminent than that. The energy department might be coming for your incandescent light bulbs. Tell us what's going on and how quick around the corner this regulatory action may be. Yeah, might be is uh, is an understatement. This is uh, we're talking about an all out ban on incandescent light bulbs that's set to take place uh, to become effective on August 1st. They're going to be prohibited from retail sale nationwide as part of the Biden Energy Department's energy efficiency and climate agenda. This is uh, the result of new rules that they rolled out back in 2022, initially cracking down on incandescent lighting and implementing a minimum standard for bulbs of 45 lumens per watt. Now, there, the Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm has has touted these rule revisions, saying that it's going to save Americans billions of dollars and cut carbon emissions by 222 million metric tons. You know, an unfathomable unfathomable number over the next three decades. So that's what we're seeing here is uh, there's only going to be LED bulbs are all you're going to be able to purchase for your household. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. And there's a huge difference between the price of a incandescent light bulb and a LED light bulb. Talk a little bit about the politics of this middle class, Joe, always saying working for the working class, working for the middle class. But this decision is going to hit people in the pocketbook every time they go to replace a light bulb in their home, right? Well, right, it is. Now, uh, what the Biden administration is trying to do to, to run cover for this is say, oh, you know, it, it actually is going to cut costs and it's go- these bulbs are going to last longer. Uh, but it, this really is going to impact uh, Americans, not only on, on terms of, of, you know, how, with the money they want to spend, how they want to spend their money, but limiting the, just the options that they have. Uh, there's a, you have a lot of climate activists celebrating this and even more politically neutral Americans who might see it as a good move because they see on the front the energy costs and the, the LED bulbs that last longer. But there's many others who are sounding the alarm on the negative aspects of this. And there's these are no small side effects. John Marshall is an ophthalmology professor at the University of College London. He recently, several years back, stocked up on incandescent bulbs prior to the EU banning them, something that, that, you know, we're starting to see happen here come August. He said that these modern lights could cause blindness, an increase in blindness among people. And there was another professor, a skin disease expert, John Hawk, who warned that switching over to these light bulbs could increase chances of getting skin cancer and other skin injuries. So if we talk about insurance, we talk about doctor's visit, we talk about the, the long-term effects this could have, because uh, as, as you might know, these, these new modern light bulbs, uh, they emit uh, much higher ultraviolet light, blue light that can damage the skin. So this is going to, to put a lot of hardworking, uh, paycheck-to-paycheck Americans uh, at risk. Yeah, it's a pretty extraordinary thing going on now. There's also been some concerns about the health issues of converting to an all-LED society. Everyone understands there's some energy savings, obviously, from that. But there's also concern that the light grades can result in things like skin cancer and other things. Talk a little bit about the public health debate that has gone on during the LED revolution. Yeah, so you you have the old-fashioned lights, uh, the, you know the the incandescent light bulbs that the Biden administration is is going after. These these do not have uh, what these what the, these do not have the chemicals that these new LED light bulbs, these modern lights have chemicals like like argon and mercury 
uh, that, that heat up in the light bulb and emit high levels of, again, uh, blue light, ultraviolet light uh, that, can, that can harm the skin. You think of any time you go out in the sun, you don't put on sunscreen and the, the UV index is high, uh, you're going to get burnt. You're going to get sunburned, you know, depending on how long you're out there. It could be very painful. And if you do that over and over and over again, that's what gives a lot of people skin cancer. S similar to going to a, a tanning booth and, and doing that every day over the course of years and years and years. Uh, and, you you know, people develop skin cancer from that. It's a terrible thing. Now think about that mandated uh, on you from the Biden administration saying you essentially have to have these many uh, lower grade tanning booths <laughs> in your house keeping your lights on so that you can see uh, all day every day 24 7 365 it's a it's it's a it's a scary thing to think about yeah no it is it's an interesting day and i think a lot of people you know we're just going about our daily business and you know, these things kind of work their way through the regulatory matrix and then all of a sudden boom we're a few months away from what is really a significant landmark change to one of the most basic elements that we have in our home our light bulbs this effort to push LED light bulbs over incandescent has long been a political football. Talk a little bit about the history of this, particularly going back to the Obama years. Yeah, so this was something that the Obama administration, of course, uh, tried to push uh, back b between 2008, 2016, when he obviously served two terms. And it, it's something that we've seen climate activists really cling on to in, in all factions. This is, you know, far from the first time we've seen Biden. Uh, you mentioned the, the banning the gas stoves. This is something Democrats have, have really taken and run with is, is this idea that traditional energy in general, wh whether it be incandescent light bulbs, whether it be fossil fuels, uh, that that they're they're just bad for the environment. They're bad for for people. In reality, you can often make the argument that it's it's the opposite. These newer so-called clean energy, green energy uh, sources often use a lot of, require a lot of nuclear energy just to produce, and can can lead to you know being worse on the environment if there's any noticeable effect at all. So we we've seen this for decades. Democrats saying you know these these energy sources we have to phase these out, and and of course the problem with that, uh, John, the same problem with with gas cars. Uh, banning those or getting phasing those out and getting to electric cars only is that Americans just can't afford it right now. Well over the half the country is living paycheck to paycheck under the Biden economy. And you have the Biden administration officials, I, I believe Brian Deese and, and Pete Buttigieg saying, oh, do you know, just go out and buy an electric car. Then you don't have to worry about a gas bill, expecting them to be able to just fork over uh, $60,000, $70,000 so that they don't have to pay uh, $200 a month for gas. It's, it's incoherent at best and malicious at worst. Yeah, it's fascinating to watch this play out. It didn't get a lot of attention as this was working its way through the regulatory matrix, but it clearly is going to get a lot of attention when people walk into the store on August 2nd and there's no incandescent light bulbs left anymore. That's going to be a, a fascinating thing. As you step back and you look at the larger energy department strategy, there's clearly a lot of growing concern that a ideological pursuit of energy solutions is getting in the way of some common sense thing. And so you get rid of the natural gas stove. Natural gas is the single largest source of reductions of carbon emissions in the last decade, according to the Energy Information Agency. This one here with light bulbs, is there, a, I think, a potential 
danger that Americans are going to look and say, wait a second, you're hitting me for some ideological goal that checks a list with your donors and maybe not what's best for me or my country or my family or my pocketbook. Talk about the sort of larger ideological lens of the energy policy the Biden administration has pursued. Yeah, well, John, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a there's a big difference between what the Biden administration uh, says the American says they're doing for the American people and how the American people actually feel about what the Biden administration is doing. There's always a, a stark contrast and from the narrative versus the reality of, of the situation. So going back to the, the gas stoves, you know, this, this is something tens of millions of Americans have in their home. A lot of them, you know, prefer gas stoves to electric stoves. They say, you know, it cooks better. And on top of that, it's just a, a matter of, hey, you know, it's my kitchen, it's my house. I can cook on whatever I want to cook on. I don't want to have to, I don't want you to, to ban this and then me have to throw this out and go get an electric stove that's going to cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. So when the Biden administration says this is something that, that American families support, getting rid of gas stoves or phasing out uh, of the, the na- of natural gas, fossil fuels, and transitioning over to green energy, when you actually go and talk to people, uh, as, as I have throughout my reporting career, when you actually go and talk to uh, people on the street or, or sit down with just an average everyday American, uh, it, it's, it's unaffordable, it's unpractical, and it's just an infringement on on their freedom. Why should they be forced to give up, you know, their way of life, their their traditional sources of energy that they uh, that's all that they know in favor for this this ideological new ph- phenomenon where the sun monster is going to kill us all if if everyone doesn't start using electric stoves and putting big, bigger batteries in their car. It's really a, a crisis of ideology that we're suffering. Yeah, it's really fascinating to watch, and that the middle class voter, that voter just trying to live paycheck to paycheck. They're already dealing with inflation. They're about to deal with more serious threats to gas and oil prices as Saudi Arabia and Russia announced today that they're cutting supply, uh, cutting drilling and other operations. And now even the cost of flipping the switch on their light bulb in their bedroom is going to get a little bit more expensive. Pretty, pretty fascinating stuff. I know, Addison, you're going to have this story tomorrow. It's going to be really fascinating to see when people wake up and understand the consequences at the dinner table and to their pocketbook with this policy. Other things you're looking at at the Energy Department that you think might make some news? Yeah, well, uh, today Biden is in Minneapolis. He's giving a speech on, uh, of course, you know, uh, the the same trend on clean energy, the need to phase phase out fossil fuels and implement uh, so-called renewable energy sources. Uh, this is part of his investing in America tour that he just recently kicked off. So we're looking out uh, for that. We're also looking out for uh, OPEC, who just announced some major, major production uh, cuts, which is causing oil prices to soar today. Uh, We are going to be covering that and more at justthenews.com. I'll be writing those stories this week. Addison, it's a great honor to have you join the team. You've done such great work. You're a fantastic journalist and we're super excited. It's funny, energy is such an important part of every aspect of our life. It isn't just the gas stove and the light bulb. A lot of people understand that the price of energy drives a lot of the inflationary pressures in our economy right now. Getting prices down in the energy world could actually help solve a lot of the other inflation problems. We're excited that you're going to be on the front lines covering it for us. Really great to have you joining us. I'm excited to be joining, John. It's uh, an honor to have the opportunity and look forward to working with you and the Just the News team more going forward. Yeah, we can't wait. We're really excited about it. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. So grateful you can join us. A big thank you to Secretary Peter O'Rourke for his very thoughtful conversation about 
bureaucrats in the VA trying to escape accountability, trying to escape punishment, making it more difficult to fix problems in the VA. Also, I thought some very important comments he made on the spy balloon and all we're learning about that. And then the second half of the show, really great conversation with Addison Smith. It's funny how something small like light bulbs can have such a big impact on our life, whether it's health, whether it's expenses, budget, choice, all the things that we care about in our daily lives. I thought Addison drove that home really well. And he'd be checking out his story tomorrow on Just the News. Now, we have a great team of sponsors and partners and advertisers that join us every day. We're so grateful for that. One of them are my good friends at Carty and Company, C-A-R-T-Y, Carty and Company. Now, if you want to take control of your financial destination and decisions, but also want an experience, person to guide you along the way based on your risk tolerance and your financial objectives. Well, that's what CardiCo does. Cardi Company is an expert at tailoring a financial strategy for you. You can visit CardiCo.com, C-A-R-T-Y-C-O.com. They'll show you how a family-operated and nationally recognized brand with incredible experience in the fixed income investment area can get you started. They have more than 50 years of experience. They're licensed in all 50 states, and they have expertise serving both individual and institutional investors. Now, Cardian Company has expertise in tax-exempt bonds. Interest income on municipal bonds is generally exempt from federal taxes and also exempt from many state and local taxes. There's no ongoing annual fee for their clients, just a one-time commission fee. So Cardian Company also actively helps local governments borrow funds to improve their communities through municipal bonds, giving their investor clients primary access to these investments, generally for initial investments up to $5,000 and up. Now, if you find that investment interesting, here's how you get started. You go visit cardico.com. That's C-A-R-T-Y-C-O.com. All right, folks, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join us today. A big thank you to Secretary O'Rourke and also to Addison Smith. His first day on the job already has a good scoop that he's writing for us for tomorrow. We'll have all that. The story on the light bulbs will be on justthenews.com. Be sure to check that out. All right. Well, tomorrow's a big day. We'll have you covered day in and day out tomorrow on the big Trump arraignment in New York and Manhattan. Until then, God bless you and have a great evening. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. 
Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family.